Hello, welcome to the Transform Podcast. I'm here, my name is Andrew Farhat, and I'm here with my wife, Daisy. Hello. Welcome, Daisy. It's always great to have my wife with me on this podcast. It's always such a great time. And uh, we, we're grateful for your uh, viewership, uh, you listening and downloading this. And um, we inc we're encouraged by the fact that this is really growing and that uh, you are supporting this. And we want to encourage you to, if you feel like this could uh, bless anyone or challenge anyone, uh, please uh, go ahead and share that. And we'd love it if you subscribed and followed us. Um, the question that we have for today is this. Daisy, what's so special about Jesus? Are you ready for that one? I'm ready. Okay, because this question really is the most important question that I think a person can ask in their lives because of the claims he made. Yes. Um, so what sets him apart? Why does he have the best resume? Why should I choose him instead of some other person that has some so-called revelation? And, and I guess I'll just start off kind of going down this road is this. He is the only one to claim to be fully God and fully man. Mm. So I think that sets him apart from anyone else. We call that the hypostatic union of the divine and human natures. Um, and so all the other religions, it's about how uh, the prophet is telling you to get to God. Mm. But yet in Christianity, it's God coming as a human being. We call that the incarnation. Incarnation simply means that the divine became human. Um, and so uh, in all monotheistic religions, this does not happen, such as Judaism and Islam. But then there are what I would call small God religions. Mm -hmm. So these are historically polytheism. These are historically like, you know, um, this weird God visited the earth one day and uh, this happened or that happened. And it's all kind of this strange story. Um, but this is the hypostatic union sets Christianity apart. And here's what I would say. In all religion, religions, it's about uh, this is how you find God. Mm -hmm. In Christianity, it's Jesus is God coming to find you, mm -hmm. to actually find you personally, personal relationship, getting to know God. And it's such an astonishing claim when Jesus in John chapter 14, verse 9 says, if anyone has seen me, they've seen the Father. Mm. Like, wow, that's yeah. a big thing that he's saying to Jewish people who don't even believe that, you know, who are just, they are monotheistic to the core. Mm. And so this is a very strong claim he's making. Yeah. Um, and then also he is saying, you don't have to do all of these rituals, good works, uh, sacrifices, penance, pilgrimages, to get to God, but rather I am God who's coming to save you by my grace as a gift. Mm. So he is setting himself apart from anyone else. All major religions say that this is how you got to um, do good deeds so that hopefully you can be set free from reincarnation. And maybe if you are set free enough, you can reach a state of nirvana. Um, but it's all works focus. It's all you going through life, never being sure if you're enough, mm. never being sure if God accepts you, mm. never being sure if you are going to reach nirvana or you're going to be reincarnated again. Mm -hmm. um, and so he definitely sets himself apart in that fashion. And then also finally, and then I want to open it up 
for a question for you, Daisy, is that he not only said, I'm, I'm God and I'm your savior, but he also said, I'm going to be your judge. So he's not saying God's going to be your judge. Mm. He's saying the father has given all judgment to the son. Mm. So it's like, he's saying some things that no other resume is saying. Mm. Okay. So this, this is unprecedented. Um, and he, like we've said in previous podcasts, he's either, according to C.S. Lewis, liar, lunatic, and Lord. Um, and I think I'm going to just open it up to you now, Daisy, after that kind of introduction is in what way is Jesus, uh, as God near to us Mm. human beings as we live this life? Yeah, I think, um, if you open up the gospels and read those, you just, and, and maybe if you've done that before, do it again and just look at, um, this Jesus that's presented in the gospels. And this is a human being who's, who's claiming to be God. And he really is just so close to the people around him. I mean, just his utter humanity that you see displayed there is Mm -hmm. just really revolutionary when you think about, you know, who, who God is supposed to be. And, um, the other gods of other religions here, we see this, this man who's been born into creation, who has a really close relationship with those around him. Um, you get to experience his joy, his frustration, sometimes his anger in different situations. And, um, you really see someone who deeply, deeply loved and cared about his disciples and his friends and his family. And, mm-hmm. um, it's just, it's really a beautiful thing to, to envision this God really knowing what we go through as humans, really experiencing that humanity and human yeah. life and all the emotions and the pain and the fears and the frustrations, like really experiencing mm-hmm. those things with us and yet doing it perfectly, yet doing it without sin. Um, mm-hmm. Wow. I think, you know, some of the recent depictions of Jesus in different movies and shows have really showed you know, in a new way that he had joy, that he had laughter, that he had friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, some of, you know, the older depictions of Jesus are very serious, but I don't think reading the gospels, that's really what we see. We, some, mm-hmm. we see someone who really experienced all, all aspects of life. Yeah. So what, what I hear you saying is like, he's God become flesh, but really identifying with humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what sets him apart. Cause you know, what comes to my mind and in, in my studies of comparative religions, um, it's believed by people on all sides that Mohammed, for example, was a military general. Mm. You know, so he's a military general. There were a lot of wars that he fought and he was claiming to be a prophet of God. Mm -hmm. That is a very different depiction than we get of Jesus, Mm -hmm. who's identifying with humanity, who is, like you said, he's born into this world and I think his birth really sums up a lot of his ministry. Mm-hmm. He comes born at, into a cave because there's no room for him at the inn. And then they have to put him into a feeding trough so they don't even get like a nice, you know, place for him to lie down. But like it, it's so lowly. Mm-hmm. It's so near to humanity. It's so near to our stuff. Mm-hmm. It's so near to, um, you know... I, I won't say the words so, like he's near to us and our stuff on this planet. And that's kind of how 
his ministry was. Like you said, he's near to people, so he's near to sinners. The religious people wouldn't hang out with the sinners because they were quote-unquote unclean. They didn't want to get defiled. But Jesus was like, these are the people you need to love and reach here. Mm -hmm. You need to reach these people. You guys are so focused on your rules, you missed the point of like what the point of all these rules were. And he's reaching the brokenhearted. He's reaching the sinner. He's reaching the crushed in spirit. And so I was just listening to this song the other day um, called Son of Suffering. Mm. And it says that we have a God who weeps Mm. and we have a God who bleeds. What they're talking about is the incarnation of Jesus that he weeps with the brokenhearted. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, like how comforting is that to go through this life where you know there's gonna be dark times, there's gonna be tough seasons. Um, You know, like a military general isn't going to help me in in that, I don't think. Um, But a God who is near to the brokenhearted and crushed in spirit, yeah, I, I need him. I was just reading um, John 17, and that's before Jesus is crucified, and um, he there's this very long prayer recorded that he prays for his disciples and for those who follow and believe in him, mm-hmm. both at the, that time and those to come in the future. And um, just that knowledge that Jesus himself is praying for me, I think just um, puts, puts him on a completely different level than other religious leaders throughout history. Right. And I think you're given a sneak preview to another thing that we're going to say here later, but like he, we believe he's still alive and mm-hmm. seated at the right hand of God. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's talking to the father on our behalf as well. And so you're talking about his intercession, yeah. that he's our mediator. You know, he's talk he's praying for us and that's huge because yeah. All the other religions claim that their founder is dead. They Mm -hmm. don't claim that he's resurrected. Um, And so you're bringing up something extremely critical for the comfort of going through this life in hard times. Man, I don't just have my Christian friends praying for me. Mm. I have the Son of God praying for me. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, All right. And so what we've talked about thus far then, Daisy, is that He's divine and human. He claimed to be God. He is the only one that brings salvation by grace. He is the judge of the world. You just covered that he is near to us as humans. He identifies with us. He's near to the suffering and brokenhearted. But here's one other thing that I think stands out and makes him special. Is the nature of the miracles Mm. of Jesus are unprecedented. Yeah. So you could have, like historically, let's be real, there's magicians, there's illusionists, there's some miracles that seem strange, you know, like Muhammad is believed to have parted the moon. Who knows what that looked like or what happened there. Um, You know, you have stuff like that happen. Um, And even the disciples are able to perform healings Mm -hmm. after uh, they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And even during their earthly ministry, they're doing some, they're healing people. I think that's in Luke chapter 10. Um, they're doing stuff like that. But here's what sets Jesus apart for me is he walked on water and there were eyewitnesses. He calmed a storm and there were eyewitnesses. Mm-hmm. 
So unlike other people, he wasn't like, hey, I calmed that storm. Or I walked on water yesterday. You just have to trust me. The reason for Christianity is the eyewitness accounts and the hundreds of eyewitnesses of his miracles and resurrection. Jesus didn't really start. Let's think about this. Jesus didn't really start his religion. People who witnessed his miracles and his resurrection started Christianity. So it's just, it's so different than any, any other religion. And I think, yeah, you're probably going to be compelled to say something if you saw a guy walking on water or calming a storm, mm -hmm. right? And the thing with Jesus' miracles, too, they were never miracles for the sake of miracles. They were mm -hmm. always in relationship with what he was trying to accomplish in people's hearts and lives and mm -hmm. to lead them to a certain place. It wasn't a show like, look what I can do, but it was, hey, I... I want to help you in your suffering. I am going to, you know, help you catch fish because you haven't been able to and show you that I'm God through that. But it was always so relational, relational, like everything that he did. Hmm. That's a really good point you make. See, this is why you're on the show, Daisy. Thanks. You think of a <laughs> lot of things that I would never think of. So like, all right, that's a really good point. So like the catching of fish while there was a teaching, you're going to be leading people to my church now. Mm -hmm. The feeding of the 5,000. Um, I am going to provide for you uh, when you're on mission to reach people. Mm. Okay. Um, there is so much so like the calming of the storm. He's like, I want you to have faith in me. Um, the walking on water, I think, was also to have faith in him too, mm -hmm. right? Um, so that's really good. So it's like, it's always about the relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we're really after here. Personal relationship with God, not, not just religion in the negative sense of the word. Right. And I think people are kind of fed up with religion these days. From what I can tell, they kind of think it's just, you know, this person's um, interpretation or this person's revelation. Um, and then it leads people to be kind of isolated. But in Christianity, this is what I heard when I went down to Mexico, is there was this man that said, Christianity is not about religion, but about relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And I think we've heard that a lot because it's profound and true. Um, this is about you having a personal relationship with God, not thinking he's distant or just angry and wrathful, mm -hmm. uh, but you can actually know him and have relational intimacy and abide with him. Daisy, what makes the cross special and different uh, when it comes to Christianity in comparison to other religions? Well, I think part of that is another thing that is so special about Jesus is his humility hmm. and um, being executed as a criminal and willingly going into that is something, I mean, incredibly humble. And he was willing to take on all of our sins and to take on death and ultimately to take on separation from his loving father, which we can't even conceive of. He was willing to take that on wow. for each of us. And... Um, one of the most like, beautiful passages in Scripture, I believe, is in Philippians 2, where it talks about how Jesus humbled himself and made himself obedient, even 
even to death on a cross. And um, I think reading that passage can really put in perspective like his heart for us. And um, so I think that there's no other gods recorded in history who have done such a thing, who have willingly gone to death in order to save their creation. Right. So in other words, what you're saying is no other gods would stoop down to the cross because mm. it's like stooping down for them or it's petty even. But yet Jesus, who is claiming to be God, is willing to die on the cross to make what's called atonement for our sin. And so atonement is repairing the broken relationship with God. So he's not saying, hey, this is what you got to do. This is your penance to make atonement, but I'm going to make atonement. And when you think about it, it's just like you're saying, uh, Buddha didn't die for me. Muhammad didn't die for me. Krishna didn't die for me. Jesus died for me. Yeah. He's the only one that has, and he's the only one too, like to tie it all together, he's the only one that can make atonement for me because he was sinless. So these other guys didn't claim to be sinless. Mm -mm. So they couldn't be our savior from sin because they are in the same boat as us. He is sinless, savior, making atonement for our sin and then demonstrating God's love for us. I mean, it's kind of like saying, like, I love you so much that I'm going to die for you because I don't want heaven without you. Whoa. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? I stole that from the song. What a beautiful name it is. <laughs> Isn't that song awesome? It is. If you're listening, we're going to, and this gets uploaded before October 16th. That's our, one of our songs. This <laughs> so I love that song. Um, and we're going to have our new worship leader this Sunday. Yeah. I'm so excited for that. Um, any, any other comments on kind of his lowliness or his atonement for sin, Daisy? No, I think we covered it. Okay, so let's go to the resurrection. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so Jesus is the only one that rose from the dead. So this is huge. Yeah. Because there's evidence that they all died, the other guys, right? Yeah. But then what makes Jesus special is this. And I think there are other episodes that we've covered, you know, why we believe that the resurrection really happened. So you can look for that on the, the app that you're using. But historians all agree Jesus died, mm -hmm. he was placed in a tomb, and then that tomb is empty. And then that's the reason why there's no pilgrimages to go and see where he died, because right. no one knows where that is, and um, everyone agrees historically that the tomb is empty. Now, what happened beyond that? There's theories like the disciples. Uh, stole Jesus's body to prove the resurrection, which makes absolutely no sense because they were fearful behind closed doors and they were worried they were going to be put to death too. Um, and then, but then of course, Christianity claims this, that he appeared first to a woman. So she was the first eyewitness. Uh, so Jesus did that to elevate women, and all cultures who've met Jesus have had the elevation of women happen. But I think if they wanted to fabricate something in that first century Jewish culture, that wouldn't be the way to go because women were not 
uh, perceived to be credible witnesses in mm. a court of law. Mm -hmm. But Jesus is breaking through all of that. He's like, I'm going to appear to Mary Magdalene first, mm -hmm. who I think there's, you know, gospel evidence that she was a former prostitute. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to appear to a woman that's received my grace mm. and she's going to be the first eyewitness and these other women are going to go tell the men. And then he appears multiple times to James, his brother, Paul, the apostle. He appears to more than 500 at one time. He appears to Thomas, who was a doubter. So he keeps appearing after he rises again. And then the public, those hundreds of people in the public, in the public square, they proclaim the resurrection. Mm. And what, why does this set Jesus apart? Here's why, Daisy. Like every religion tells you that there's life on the other side, but they never give you an example. <laughs> so like, all right, you're telling me there's something on the other side. Well, what's the example you can give me? I mean, you're, you can't just say that. Jesus rises again from the dead and said, see this body I have? This is going to be like your body when I raise you from the dead, and this is what heaven's going to be. And and his body obviously is different. Like <laughs> some people didn't recognize him completely when they saw him. So it's new. He's new. Um, man, it's probably like he, he probably looked really good after he rose again from the dead. Probably. Because it's like that. He's the first one to right. have the new bodies we're going to get. And what's also cool too is like he's like appearing and then he can like go through doors and stuff. So it's like this. It's a different existence, uh -huh. but he's like, this is the example, guys. Yeah. This is what you're going to get, and you're going to be in a place with no more death, no more mourning, no more pain, no more suffering or crying for the old order of things that have passed away. So in other words, I'm conquering death by rising from it, and this issue that you see in life of tribulation and suffering, which we see all the time. You know, when I go to a funeral, I see a lot of crying. He's saying, I am conquering this. I'm giving you victory. And so it's like the problem that assaults every human being, he's saying, I got this and I'm showing you. Hmm. Don't just take my word for it. I'm showing you with an example. Um, anything you want to say about that? I kind of preached a long sermon. <laughs> I think you covered it. Did I cover it? Yep. <laughs> hey, thanks. My wife, though, is very... Um, encouraging. I thank you, Daisy. Um, well, I think that covers everything that we want to cover today. Yeah. So if you were blessed by this or you think um, a friend of yours who is seeking or considering Christianity might be interested in dialogue around this, I want to encourage you to share it. Share it to someone who might be encouraged or comforted that they have Jesus that's already in their life. And we always do want to encourage you to submit your questions to hello at sjdenver.org. And we would love to tackle them and continue to bless you. We'll see you next time. Bye.